Augustine made the voyage to Rome. He got there in 383. And he had high hopes for Rome, but when he got there, he found it much more of a difficult place to fit in. He was used to Carthage. He had friends. Even the proconsul who governed all of Carthage was one who looked after Augustine. But in Rome, he was one among a few million. And so after a few months there, he decided he would try his hand at some other place. And so he traveled far north to the beautiful Italian city of Milan. He got there in 384. And so far, we've been talking about the places that have shaped Augustine's life, his hometown of Thagast, his study at Madara, his time in Carthage, that cauldron. And we've also mentioned Rome. And now at Milan, we need to talk about the people that will be an influence and have influenced Augustine's life. One is his friend, Alypius. They have been friends since Carthage, and they made that voyage together along with another friend, Nebridius. There is also his mistress. Back in Carthage, Augustine took a mistress. He would have this mistress for 15 years of his life, and when he was converted, he dismissed her. There's a lot of discussion around that. Most think that it had something to do with her social standing and that it wasn't an appropriate relationship. Together, they had a son, Adiodatus, and this mistress meant a great deal to Augustine. In fact, in the Confessions, he does not name her. It's as if he can't bring himself to put her name on paper. There was another very close friend to Augustine's, and he doesn't give him a name either. Those are the only two people in the whole book that we don't know their names, his mistress and this close friend. Well, in addition to these friends, there was also Ambrose, the bishop of Milan. Back at Carthage and even at Medora, Augustine looked into Christianity, but he wasn't all that thrilled by it and wasn't all that intrigued by it. Instead, Augustine was intrigued by the Latin writers and by the philosophers. He was very much pursuing Manichaeism at the time. But all of that changed when he heard Ambrose preach. He was totally taken by Ambrose's rhetoric. And so, after hearing Ambrose preach, he decided to return to the biblical text and to search the scriptures. So, we have his friend, Olypius. We have the bishop, Ambrose. And another key person in all of this is his mother, Monica. You remember that his father was a Roman pagan, but his mother, Monica, was a devout Christian. And she committed her whole life to praying for Augustine. And not only did she pray for him, she followed him. Wherever Augustine went, she went, and she made sure that she was not too far behind him and kept at him and kept reminding him of the God of heaven. And that is actually the character that plays the leading role in Augustine's life. Augustine refers to God as the hound of heaven. What Augustine didn't realize was that as he was traveling and heading off to Medora, and when that wasn't enough, he went to Carthage, and when that wasn't enough, he went to Rome, and when that wasn't enough, he went to Milan, that he was not running, but that, in fact, God was bringing him to himself. And along every step and through each of these relationships, God was leading Augustine to a garden in Milan. 
He was in that garden with his friend Olypius, and he heard kids playing a game, and they were saying in Latin, tole lege, tole lege, take up and read. And so Augustine happened to have a copy of Paul's epistles with him. He opened it up, and he did what you probably shouldn't do. He just opened it up and pointed his finger. He landed on Romans 13, 13 to 14. And after reading that verse, he was converted. The hound of heaven had tracked him down in a garden in Milan. Well, that's the conversion of Augustine in the year 386. And I'm Steve Nichols, and thanks for listening to 5 Minutes in Church History. We have time for a bonus quote, this from the 20th century figure C.S. Lewis. If you don't read good books, you'll read bad ones. If you don't go on thinking rationally, you will think irrationally. If you reject aesthetic satisfactions, you will fall into sensual satisfactions. 